I'm ready for a ramen out on the highway. <laughs> well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the maiden voyage of uh, It May Interest You to Know. Um, this is a podcast. My name is Tony Marcolini. I'm here with my magnificent uh, co-hosts and very good friends, uh, Martin Mangello and John Hartman. And if I could just do a little, little intro, I think talking about Marty and John uh, for everyone who I think are enormously fabulous people. Uh, Martin was a former White House chef uh, under the Clinton administration. He's cooked for countless uh, presidents and celebrities and dignitaries uh, across the world. Uh, he was the executive chef at Camp David. Marty's led a interesting life, to say the least, which I hope we're going to get into over the course of the podcast. Maybe not today, but over the course of the life of the podcast. Uh, and John is the author of two different books. The last book, a, a memoir uh, about his experience as a criminal trial attorney uh, with one particular case that was newsworthy uh, that he wrote about in it. I highly recommend it. Jacket is the name of the book. Uh, they have been friends of mine for... My goodness, decades, which maybe I shouldn't admit how old we all are. Yeah, 30 years. <laughs> it's been a long time. John and I went to law school. I knew him when he was just a, uh, a little itty bitty lawyer. Uh, actually, John, you had just run for the New Jersey before. legislature, right, at that time? Back then, your hair was black and my, I had hair, so it was a while ago. That was a long time ago then. <laughs> and if you remember, you had just... John was uh, a law student, a full-time law student, and he got it in his head that he wanted to run uh, for office for the New Jersey legislature. And he literally just kind of packed a sandwich and went door to door, uh, introducing himself. And to everybody's shock, John actually won. Uh, and there he was, a law student, and also in the uh, in the New Jersey legislature, making laws. And he was all big and important. At the time, uh, little did we know, John, that uh, that wasn't going to be for you. You were going to go on to be a, a, a criminal lawyer uh, who has a marvelous reputation in the state. Uh, well, thank you. Right. So that's a good I introduction. The only reason why I ran is I couldn't get a summer job. I had nothing else to do. So I ran for the assembly. Is either that or work at the Acme. I decided to run for the assembly instead. <laughs> yeah. Hot waffle sandwiches down at the shore. Anyway, sure. I would have done that. And he was, I mean, at the time, you, you, I think, thought more seriously about getting into politics then. Am I right? Well, yeah, I just ran for the assembly. I was always interested in it. But that that was fun. It was a good experience, but it didn't last that long. But, hey, better to be a has-been than it ever was, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess there's some truth to that. Well, yeah, I like that. There's a lot that. of truth to that. <laughs> I like that. So, <laughs> so, and Marty, I mean, your life in the military – the Secret Service uh, experiences you've had, the military experiences, and just the amount of people you've met in your travels are so incredibly impressive. Just lucky, just in the right place at the right time. And big secret was I always answered the phone. Yeah, I actually, I actually would answer. When the call came, I would answer. <laughs> There's so many people that have their phones answered for them. Their mail has gone through. They, they throw 20, 30, 40 letters into the trash per day. 
the CEOs never see anything, even in private homes. It's it's a terrible shame. Well, you definitely answered all the right letters uh, because I, yeah. I mean, and I hope to get into over the course of the podcast a lot of the stories. As a matter of fact, I think we have one coming up, right? Maybe our third or fourth episode. We're going to talk about some of your experiences. Um, so yeah. let me tell everybody a little bit about the podcast. This is what's the easiest way to say a podcast about absolutely nothing conversation really these are conversations that on topics and people that we find interesting and we hope that you walk away with something that you took away that you found interesting by the time we're done chatting there isn't a rhyme or reason to the topics we've picked we plan to talk about nutrition food uh, history is John's a, a big history buff and he's been everywhere so he's got some good stories to tell us. Uh, we plan to talk about film and books and TV. We have a panoply of guests coming up that are already booked that we're all super excited to get to interview and chat with about their lives, experiences, careers. And that's the short of it. Does anybody want to throw something in? Nope. I'm, I'm excited about a couple of them. I watched their TV shows as a kid. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And there's a few authors even of whose books I read and I was totally obsessed with. And the fact that we were able to book them to come in uh, and chat with us. I know we talked about this privately. We're uh, super excited. Uh, like, what were you thinking when you wrote this? And uh, so, I mean, we, we all are very excited about what we've laid out just so far. And we have even more people that yeah. we're working on bringing in. So Absolutely. Today, we wanted to chat with everyone, I guess because the I Love Lucy movie is coming up. Uh, li- yeah. Isn't uh, Living with the Ricardos or something like that? Life with the Ricardos? Yeah. I've got a surprise for you. In fact, uh, if I may just throw this on um, in hilarity. I want to to make sure that I click the special button here <laughs> of share audio um, because this is this is just too much fun. Uh, let me see if you guys can can see this and and bear in mind you can make a comment while I'm I'm okay. playing this as well so we can can kind of comment out loud. See if you remember this. All right, let me just pause that right there. Can you guys hear that out there in La La Land? We can. We can. Okay, hear yes, everybody can hear that then. All right. I love Lucy and she loves me. We're as happy as two. Not everybody may remember this show. Really? It's in reruns <laughs> everywhere. Oh my gosh, no. There's, there's people that haven't watched yet. I have to kind of like introduce Rainia sometimes to what these shows mean. And we're going to get pretty much the same as everyone else is here. Remember watching them in your grandparents' house. Remember, my grandparents had like a little house down in Cape May to watch it uh, during the afternoon with her. Yeah, the Philco TV with the console. I was actually the, the channel changer. Yeah, they were rabbit ears. 
And sometimes you, you had to hold the rabbit ears, remember? Because you couldn't. Yeah, oh, yeah. And only if you if you held it and you like put your arm there and you put a little tin foil and then you touched like the the dresser next to you. That was the only way to get it to come in clear. Yeah, some of my fondest memories are that my grandparents are watching that TV. The old star game for Hank Aaron and all. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've I've told Rainy, you know, we used to have to get a screwdriver and unhook the back of the TV to, you know, hook up like a PlayStation or Pong or if you wanted to play tennis. That was rabbit ears. Yeah, tinfoil. Yeah, I remember that my grandmother's a big fan. Both of them actually were. They really liked it. Was, um, I guess it came out in the 50s, so, well, and we were watching it in the 60s and 70s, well, 70s mostly is when I remember watching it with my uh, with my grandma and grandpa. Well, that was in reruns. I mean, that's the fun part, uh, I think, about talking about the impact of I Love Lucy. That's how we really got on the topic, uh, chatting about how big an impact I Love Lucy made. Uh, but it was weird in researching to come into this today. I was shocked because I had always previously heard that Desi Arnaz uh, was the person responsible for the three-camera sitcom. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, three-camera, all it really means is, uh, prior to that, everything was filmed more or less with a film camera, uh, with the one camera straight ahead, you know, taking, uh, taking the shots. And they with sitcoms that when they developed the three-camera system, it was more... Uh, like a play where the action would start and you wouldn't start and stop like to film different angles or get this person and then get the other person. Um, you would literally just keep rolling and there would be the camera taking the center and there would be one off to the side getting, let's say, one person's close up and another one off to the side getting another person's close up. Uh, and that really made... I think filming sitcoms to be cost-effective, uh, easy, uh, and enabled a, a totally different world uh, for television. And I had always heard that that system was developed by Desi Arnaz. And in fact, I mean, I think he sort of takes credit for it in his book uh, that he wrote. And I was shocked at how many sites and news places picked that up as the truth if you look into it. But in reality... Yeah, maybe, he, maybe he promoted it, Tony, but I think, yeah, you're right. He really didn't invent it. He really didn't. And then when we looked into it, I think we were all surprised that he wasn't actually... I mean, it was around already, right? That Even the, 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 um, the tr in the same decade, I think, what was it, Truth or Consequences, the show or something, uh, something like that? That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and... It, I mean, Wally had somebody, I think, who worked on the show, who literally uh, uh, was, I think, involved maybe in Truth or Consequences or, or where it kind of originated, uh, who helped him, you know, use that tool for I Love Lucy. He actually isn't the person responsible for that. Hey, claim credit for it. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, I, great I think he certainly made it popular. Uh, and I think, you know, he made reruns popular. I certainly think, uh, you know, he's 
the I Love Lucy show was filmed with that in mind, uh, trying to create it in a way that it would uh, be able to last and go into reruns and last for generations, which it did. And I do think that was probably the first sitcom to do that. And then it made me start thinking about, you know, the sitcoms that we have out now, because there's this mix. I think some are single camera still, which involves just the one camera. There's not a studio audience. Uh, They are just literally, you know, going around getting tighter shots. It enables you to do more uh, location scenes. And there are a lot of sitcoms like that today but this the three camera to me are still the best right because they're in front of a live audience they have that play feeling you know when you get ray romano to walk out on uh in something on uh the middle of everybody loves raymond that you just you're laughing so hard because the audience is even laughing so hard that they can't even get their line out it's so funny that to me is the true essence of what a sitcom's supposed to be and even all these studios that I go to, Tony, Fox, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, um, even when they have the robot cameras now and there's just one person behind in the booth, it's still three cameras. So it's three robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now I think they even put a fourth in, right? I heard from Mork and Mindy uh, because Robin Williams was not really containable to stay on his mark. <laughs> Like that they that that they developed, you know, they added a fourth camera whose kind of job it was, I think, to follow him. Just follow him. Uh, which, you know, makes sense. Uh, but it's a football. You put the one guy on the oh, one basketball. You put the one guy on the, uh, the other, a couple people on the one person just to cover them. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or like in football, right, when the, yeah. they, they can't contain the wide receiver. The they, wide have, yeah. they have just a few people. I think they needed more than the one camera on him, so they had they put a fourth in, uh, and and so now sometimes you'll even see a fourth in them. But some of the like to me, uh, everybody loves Raymond, all time best sitcom of all time. Um, right, you heard of Seinfeld? Yeah, I've heard of Seinfeld. You know, even better than Seinfeld, you think? You know, I don't know if I should admit this out loud. I'm not really a Seinfeld fan. Really. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I say, can I say that? Are you more of a soup Nazi lady? <laughs> <laughs> like I would want my brother was a diehard fan. Uh, I mean, there was a time he was such a big fan. I, I used to think he thought they were his real friends. You know, the way he would talk about Elaine and Jerry and, and Kramer. And he would be like, did you see what Kramer did last night? And be like, you know, you know, they're not yeah, real. Right. Like, they're not your friends. <laughs> uh, of course. But he, that's how right. much he loved, loved that well, show. But so, Tony, I was doing some study on the links you sent over, uh, how Al Simon, the associate producer and cinematographer Carl Frund, um, actually oh, yeah. created this three camera system as early as 1947, um, just exactly like you said for the Truth or Consequences show. Yeah, I mean, and they they really deserve the credit. I mean, they came up with the with the whole concept of wouldn't it be easier to use a different because that helped you preserve it. Really, the earlier days of film, I mean, they were intended to like film it and and show it, and then that was it. It wasn't going to preserve well, as you can see from like a lot of the older films. Uh, you know, it it didn't preserve that well. It wasn't meant to be rerun and rerun and copied. Films that are lost. Oh, sure. Like with pretty well-known actors, um, 
Errol Flynn has a couple movies that are apparently just lost. It's... What a shame. Yeah, that's Al Simon there. He passed away in 2000. Wow, well, that's a good life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 1911 to 2000, so... But, you know, uh, how, how sad is it that he never got to patent it? Yeah, and then he also went on to do the Burns and Allen show, so just an icon in, in the history of television. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could you, could you even patent that, you think? Uh, yeah, I think he could have patented it. No? I don't we're think the, so. Three cameras? Well, we're the lawyers. We ought to know, I, I feel think, like. I don't think you could, but I'm not positive. I, I think you could have done some element of a patent, John. Um, okay. If you, if, I mean, the technology even was a little bit different, right? But I mean, ideas aren't, aren't uh, anything you can copyright or patent. Um, let's go patent a uh, three camera zoom. <laughs> yeah, three camera zoom. It's going right now. Yeah, <laughs> camera zoom. Yeah, I mean. So I thought I would just bring him up so we could appreciate him. And take a minute, right? To, I mean, he really yeah. deserves the credit, but he, he didn't earn anything from it. Mm. I'm sure he did okay off from the, the show and all. And I would think that they probably wanted to have him on many shows. I would think he was chased after Desired. Uh, sure. After I Love Lucy, I would have thought everybody would have wanted him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, did we have time to uh, run to a commercial today for our commercial sponsors? Absolutely. Okay, well, uh, we will be back in a second, guys. Um, I think today uh, we're just uh, trying to take a look at the myths and mysteries surrounding the pioneering of the, the three-camera system. And did Desi Arnaz actually create this or not? That was the, the big question today. And somehow or another, the I Love Lucy um, show came on. So <laughs> uh, for those of you watching this, we hope that you enjoy it. We'll be right back in a second. Back again, and Tony, over to you. Okay. Uh, well, I think we were going to spend a little time talking about sitcoms uh, as well, our favorites and uh, what we liked and didn't like about different sitcoms. So I've already said Everybody Loves Raymond, my all-time favorite. Uh, well, I have a, a bunch of ones that I like a lot. The Nanny, of course. Uh, I find oh, my gosh, yeah. I find that all of them are uh, the three camera. I couldn't think of a single uh, single camera sitcom that I would include in like even my top 10. You know, it's hard to think like that too until I went to, to study film at the Art Institute and our instructor, you know, divided us up into teams and gave everyone a camera and said, now you have, you know, a 10 minute show you need to produce on how to ride an elevator. And, oh, my gosh, the arguing amongst those teams of adults. No, what we should do is we'll film him walking forward, and then we'll cut, cut, and we'll go to the finger 
pushing the button and then cut and then I want to do a back back away on him and then entering and then we'll cut and then we'll go inside the elevator and, and we'll film the doors closing and then stop there and then him pushing the button it was like no 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 we don't no no that's that wouldn't look good it's like oh my gosh just listening to these adults in my class going back and forth and it was like dudes you know and dudettes like we we have like an hour to do this I mean honestly <laughs> you don't think that way when you're just usually you're watching a show you're just sitting there like a druge vegetating you know just like a voyeur you're not thinking about angles and all yeah. that went into it right there's there's a lot no. that industry is it's hard work uh never we, you know both you and i marty at least we we did we've done producing um, and a little bit of directing uh, for just small projects, and it's it's not easy. That's hard work. I would think it's just tough to write those things. You know, everyone's got material for one or two shows, but to continually get the material for all of them again, going back to Seinfeld, continually humorous is pretty remarkable. Oh yeah, I mean the early seasons though of Seinfeld really weren't funny. Um, I don't know. That's gonna land. That's that's, that's, that's land. That's landing on dead space. <laughs> but I mean, you I'll have to admit it got better. I mean, I got a laugh meter. <laughs> you have to admit it got better. <laughs> it did until the very finale. Otherwise, it was good. Oh, the finale was awful. Yeah, it was. What happened in the finale? How come I, I can't remember the finale? Yeah, it was nothing to remember. It was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Everyone was excited about the finale. That's a oh, shame. Like it's a game of wasn't moment. it? I think that was two thousand. It's a long time ago. Well, it was the uh, it was the Good Samaritan law, like that had just come out. They were, the Good they were in court, and they had to go. Mm-hmm. They were all found. All these witnesses came forward saying what terrible people they were. It was it wasn't that good. Oh, oh gosh! And then they all got convicted and had yeah. to spend a year in jail or something like that. The guy that. who played, he liked to play the Johnny Cochran uh, lawyer. He, he was representing them. I, anyway, it was it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the soup Nazis. Let's put it that way. No. Did you guys watch Game of Thrones at all? Yes, we did. I didn't see the last season, but I watched everything else. You didn't watch the last season? Nope. Oh, my gosh, because that's the one where, you know, he said he had writer's block and he could not write the last season. He couldn't write the last book and pissed everybody off with, you know, how bad the last season was and how angry viewers were. Well, I heard it wasn't that good, so I never got around to watching it. But, yeah, I was I, – I like I liked the first, what, six, first six or seven seasons. It was good. Yeah, I wish he would come back and say, I'm unblocked now, and here is the real last season. <laughs> <laughs> if only it worked I, that way. <laughs> yeah. I saw YouTube like important stuff like when the the, Ma- the mountain and the hound were fighting. I watched that, but otherwise, it didn't. yeah, the two brothers. I can ruin it for yeah. you. The two brothers do go at it at the end. No, I saw it. On, I saw it on YouTube. Okay, on the yeah, I, and I then they kind of left it open. They they fall off the tower, so it's like did go. they die? Did they not? You know, and once yeah. they became the king uh, or the um, the um, the raven or that kid. But anyway, so we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Well, but, John, you know, I'm sure they used the three-camera system in that. Uh, that was a lot of serious footage, especially those war epic. You know, I understand the CGI with the dragons flying around, but, you know, definitely uh, uh, capturing all that battlefield action. Yeah. Well, I think I think some of the reason that they, use, they don't really use the – because when I'm thinking – you, you just said uh, I'm sure they use three-camera – 
I mean, when I think three camera, I think the true three camera sitcom format, like on a stage with an audience, uh, and and the, it's running like a play, and you know everybody's right. being uh, photographed or filmed at the exact same time. When I think single camera, I don't know is if there's a reality of whether or not they they may have another camera going. But isn't that the system that would allow you to film on location and, and put in those like graphics and uh... the CGI and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it's gonna be CGI here for this show. <sighs> we can, yeah. Have a little dragonfly. <laughs> yeah, some green screen action. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, this broadcast studio actually accepts green screen. I haven't, I haven't uh, fiddled around with that yet, but um, we got three cameras, three cameras going today, <laughs> in separate locations. <laughs> yeah, so pretty interesting to read about Al Simon. Um, just to, to comment a little bit more, and all that he did and everything. Um, including the the development of the three camera system, which was the the real subject of uh, today's show. But he was also um, president of Ilmway's Productions, which did Mr. Ed, because uh, I know, Tony, you said, gosh, a lot of people chased after him. And how about the Beverly Hillbillies right here where, where I live in North Carolina? Um, Earl Scruggs, you know, he wrote the whole song. That's probably his most famous song, the theme song for the Beverly Hillbillies. He was a serious banjo player. Yes. Yep. And Al also very famously owned a 1970 Chrysler 300 convertible. It was light blue and drove it all around town. So, In your neck of the woods? No, all around L.A. where he's buried. And his wife okay. is still alive. It says that, that you know she survived him. So, you know, Talk about Scrubs. There was a really good show we watched with my family during the um, pandemic, the PBS show on country music. Just give me a little shout out there is very good yeah well you're very into country music and guitars and yeah guitars and music yeah i think we're doing a whole episode on on guitars trying to get an episode of new jersey guitars is actually a long history of guitar making here in new jersey it's kind of interesting well if you come down here um of course you know we have the the whole earl scruggs museum born and raised here and it's uh done very nice um the earl scruggs center they decided they did not want to have the typical dilapidated, dusty and cobweb-filled glass cases that would have inanimate objects in them that people stare at. Okay. And so they said, you know, let's bring in some state-of-the-art Smithsonian experts from Washington, D.C. And we really want to make this museum interactive to where people could play the banjo, uh, you know, do a lot of stuff with their hands. We want to hand out... Um, you know, earphones when they come in. So that's how you actually do the uh, the tours with a disposable set of of headphones, or you can keep them, of course. But also down the street uh, is the Don Gibson Theater here. Don is more so famous for country music. Don, okay. Um, Scruggs, before him, the banjo was kind of like comedic almost. And people who played the banjo would be cracking jokes and, and kind of like in the background. But... Um, he made it. He was very. He actually apparently had a very limited sense of humor, but he was one heck of a, yeah. a banjo player. So he was all serious about playing the banjo, but he really revolutionized it. Yeah, when he invented that three finger picking method, yeah, the uh, claw hammer, I think it's called the way he would play, and he could play really. He wouldn't actually move that quick, but it was with three fingers moving and simultaneously. It was it really could sound like it was w- wicked fast. 
like from Deliverance. That's like the famous something like that. The, uh, the guitar, um, the banjo playoff that those two guys had. Which is not what anybody remembers about Deliverance. Oh, what right. Do you think? Of <laughs> Everyone remembers that. But yes, Ned Beatty just died, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was, that's terrible. Uh, illustrious career. Yes, he was. Very good. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up now. We're out of time for today's podcast. It flew by. Well, thank you so much uh, for everybody joining us. I noticed we had a bunch of people signed in, gave us uh, some thumbs up. And uh, um, any parting thoughts about the next show coming up about Martin Van Buren? Anybody want to have a parting thought or a little teaser? Well, I mean, we're doing the Van Buren case, Van Buren versus the United States case coming up, uh, which literally the Supreme Court just made a yeah. decision on. Uh, so I, I'm really curious to get into that. Uh, that'll be next week's episode. So, Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. I mean, that was the president, the little wizard. He was from, uh, yeah. from New York. <laughs> he was one of the shortest presidents ever. But anyway, uh, Madison was shorter. But um yeah the van buren case is a very interesting case right. of criminal law so yeah i didn't know if you meant shorter in time in office or you're talking oh, about one term he's yeah. Jackson, vice president also they call him the little wizard i think that's what his nickname wow i think i know i might be wrong there i love it well hey guys thank you for joining us on the presents uh television network today Broadcasting live to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Periscope. But also, Tony, um, this is going out on the podcast, I think, on Apple, uh, iTunes, and also Android. And is it Spotify also? or I think Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast. I think all of them. We'll, we'll put links up uh, for everything in, in one place. Okay. Well, hey, thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Yep. Have a great day. <laughs>